You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. We can still freely do that in our countries today, in most parts of our country. (laughs) But the question is, should you? Yes, yes. It's ordained of God. (laughs) No. Yeah. Coffee's not ordained of God. No, Tim Hortons is. (laughs) God allowed it. God has sanctioned it. It's it's awesome. <laughs> it's a hedge of protection around each one of the Tim Hortons. That's right. Hey, they take Christmas <laughs> off now. <laughs> oh, do they? Oh, yeah. Christmas and New Year's, yeah. In fact, they close early Christmas Eve. They've really gotten spiritual. Good for them. Yeah, since Burger King took over, they've really become spiritual. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. How are things in the great state of Ohio? We are getting by as getting we're by. doing this recording. We yeah. just had our governor yeah. um, veto a bill yeah. that would have uh, helped young people, adolescents, and so uh, mm-hmm. uh, wickedness, wickedness being permitted. Yeah. So what we do is we don't revolt against the power because it is ordained of God. Mm-hmm. We use the power that that our government has. And we work hard on getting better people in. Yeah, yeah. So tell just tell a little bit about that bill, what that was about. Well, the SAFE Act and Save Women's Sports combined into one bill. Hmm. And so the idea is, of course, you get some guy, uh, you know, he puts on a girl's uniform and he competes in girls' sports and, of course, uh, you know, winds up being a uh, champion and everything else. And so the Save Women's Sports Act would not allow a biological male uh, to compete with biological females in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And then the SAFE Act is Saving Adolescents from Experimentation Mm -hmm. and actually was uh, introduced. One of the main uh, one of the main uh, framers of the bill was uh, Pastor Gary Click. Uh, from yeah. Fremont, Ohio. He's yeah. an independent Baptist pastor who is yeah. also a state uh, representative. Yeah. And so he's been working hard on that for three and a half years. Wow. Um, and uh, it got passed soundly in both houses. Hmm. And the governor just vetoed it. So wow. they combined both of these. So he can he vetoed both of these things. So I'll tell you, there needs to be a, a hue and cry. There has been many people contacting the governor's office right right and so i don't care what excuse he gives it usually comes down to money yep and yep. so it's probably due to intel coming in and bringing in all these jobs and then uh now i think microsoft is google and and many other companies are following mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and some of these some of these companies they have this in their uh purpose statement or whatever that they will not go to a state that exhibits some kind of hostility towards 
you know, that's what they perceive this as being hostile right. Right. towards transgenders. But right. whenever whenever adults are being hostile towards children, that's real. That's really the issue, and it's yes. it's a crime. It uh, and it should be a crime, and yeah. uh, so we will just keep working. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, that lies right in line with what we're going to talk about today, and sure kind of does. Pick up on um, you know the being subject to the higher power. And yeah, that, that is the that is the greatest principle out of all of these that you'll mm-hmm. find. I it's it's like the fulcrum on which that whole teeter totter rests and goes back and forth uh let every soul be subject to the higher powers yes and and the higher power and and so you have to understand that principle or you miss everything Mm -hmm. you are subject to the higher power so out of the out of the four I don't know if you want to call it organizations or four administrations or uh, that God has created. Of course, the one, the first one was the home. The second was government. The third is the church. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got God and his system. And, and so whenever you look at what is the highest power, the higher power, all right, if if the church conflicts uh, and, and the church is based on the word of God, not a whim. So if the church conflicts with home, the word of God wins. Now, sometimes some churches are not abiding by the word of God and the parent is. And so the parent has to follow the word of God and they may right. have to leave the church. You right. don't destroy the church. No, you leave the church. Um Sometimes the church and the government disagree. And if the government is based on a scriptural principle, well, too bad for the church, whatever they Mm -hmm. like and don't like. Right. But ultimately, everything is God is the highest power. Sometimes whenever a parent and the government disagree, who has the higher power for that child? The parent does. Right. And so uh, now if a parent is harming a child, and that's where we get into a real nebulous area, you know, because yes. uh, Bible deniers oftentimes will say that making your children obey the Bible is harming them, uh, you know, but then sometimes there are nut jobs who try yep. to hide underneath the Bible for their wickedness. Yes. And so, you know, it, it takes discernment. but. Yeah. The higher, let every soul be subject under the higher power. Right, and I and I think until you know the last number of years, I don't know when, but up up until a certain point, I think our governments did realize that they were subject to God, and that they they had to seek God. I think we see in both of our founding fathers, they understood the importance of God and and the dominance of God in the rule of government. And would seek God, seek His word. I mean, the name of our country came from the word of God. The the Dominion of Canada came from one of our parliament uh, parliamentarians studying the word of God, and and came up with that from the Psalms. Uh, our national anthem, "God Keep Our Land," glorious and free. So it was there. I think it's fleeting. I think it's almost non-existent in our Canadian government. Uh, 
And if our governments would just realize that there is a higher power, the problem is they think they are the ultimate power today. They're yes. their supreme power and they're going to yes. rule that way. And that's a big problem. And again, as Christians, we go over the government's head by going to God and praying to God and seeking God and asking him to intervene. We forget that. I think that we have that in, in our possession. So yeah, every well, branch here, that you talked about. Here's the perspective that I see that is a little bit of the problem. Here's the perspective. It's not rebelling against the government. It's not rebelling against your parents. It's not rebelling against what some pastor or youth director says. It is obeying God. Mm -hmm. You are subject to God. We are subject to God first and foremost. Whenever you get that principle there and set, there are people that I think are greatly doctrinally erroneous whenever they say, hey, the husband is the head of the wife. So if the husband says, uh, let's go to the bar, you have to go to the bar and drink. No, not if you're obeying God. You know, the husband says we're going to be sexually involved with somebody else. No, not if you're obeying God. You know, right. it's that whole thing of everyone must be subject to the higher power. And it may look like rebellion, but it is not. It is obedience. That's the thing. And once we're obedient, all the attitude is going to be right. And it's not going to wind up being some kind of a, you know, a carnal, fleshly, oh, yeah, well, same to you, buddy. It's, it's going to be a dedicated, serious, somber, I'm sorry, I must obey what God says. Yeah, well, I must obey and say two words of the day. In your rant, um, nebulous and ironious. Beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Thank hey. you. Nebulous. I like that. It's the way to go. <laughs> two words Two words of the day in one podcast. That's where you go. Excellent. In one rant. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I And I, I fear that, I fear that, Preachers, some preachers today have, have misunderstood what that means. Amen. Amen. And especially here in Canada, that, that whole, I hate, to, I hate to say the word, I hate it. But during that, that pandemic time, that COVID time, we had preachers that were, you know, without question, whatever the government says, that's what we need to do. We need to obey that power. Did our government overstep? I believe they did. I believe they did. Oh, yeah. And I believe Amen. there were some measures that should have been taken. I mean, yours and ours. That weren't, yes. And I think people thought, well, for you know, the good of the country, for the good of the people, and we don't really know what's happening. And, and yeah, we knew what was happening. We knew very early on what was happening. That was a test of the emergency broadcast system telling us, hey, we're going to see how far we can push you. Absolutely. We're going to see what we can make you do in fear. And it's all coming back now, and you know, we're seeing all the data coming out now. It's exactly what we thought. Now, I understand when that first started, I understand I didn't know what was going on. I was being right. extra conscious. But right. in time, we realized they're manipulating our worship. They're manipulating what we can say. And, and I, th I think it was the same in the States, but if you posted certain words on social media, they would they would not let you post the that. Companies would, the companies would The companies. But part of it was the companies were working in conjunction with the government. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And, and we see now clearly with our, with our Canadian government saying, if you don't fall in line with what we say, you're not going to broadcast your news here. I mean, 
you, you can see it. And so I think there were some circumstances where some should have risen up. Some should something more should have been done than what was done. And if you're talking about individuals, that's each individual's choice. Yes. It really is. But yes. whenever you're talking about the house of God and how the house of God operates. So, you know, I, I hear all the time. I don't know what you hear, but I hear all the time. Well, you know, whenever it comes to the point of the gospel, yes, that's where we say no. Yes, yes. I don't find that in the Bible. No. Now, in, in the government in the Old Testament, the king's word was law. Yes. So the king would give a law, Ahab and Jezebel. Yep. And there were those that stood up and said, no, thus saith the Lord. Right. We'll preach on that guy. We'll preach about Elijah on Mount Carmel. Absolutely. But it had nothing to do with the gospel. No. It had everything to do with disobeying the word of God and allowing false gospel to go forth and and worshiping you know, Baal and on and on. That has nothing to do with the gospel. It was against the word of God, and Elijah stood up. You look over and over and over at the prophets who prophets. stood up and said, no. Okay, Daniel, you're not allowed to pray. Well, it has nothing to do with the gospel, so I'll go ahead and obey, and I won't pray. No. No. You will not find that in the scripture. Yes, you find the book of Acts whenever they say, you're not permitted to speak anymore in this name. Well, We've got to we've got to hearken to God and not you. And so that that whole thing. But the whole the three Hebrew children were not careful to to speak to you, O King. No, it doesn't mean that they were being insolent. No, it means our confidence is in what God has told us to do. So their mind this, was made this, up. Their yes, mind was made this up. Nonsense of well, we only obey in the cause of the gospel, then you are just like King uh, Jeho- Jehoiakim. Then you're mm-hmm. sitting by the th- you're sitting by the hearth and you're right. cutting up the Bible and throwing it away and saying, we only we only have got about uh, 12 chapters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And and I saw that many, many times here and cried and, you know, tried to voice and I tell guys I wasn't pastoring, so I, I've got to, I've got to step back on that. But at the same time, I did pastor for thirty years, and I do know the church, and I do know the impact of some of those things. And I'm sure some guys are listening, saying, "Well, listen, our church is better. We've got more people. It's stronger." Yeah, because you kept going. But at what point would our governments have said enough that you would not have kept going? That's the question I had. And, and he said, well, if they tell us we can't preach, well, they're telling us that. They're telling us, don't you preach on certain things. Don't you say certain things. Don't you promote certain things. They're already saying that. And, and some of that has been resisted and some has been fought against and won. Our government said, if you're going to have a summer camp, if you have a Christian summer camp, you have to allow people um, who are LGBTQ whatever you have to allow them to apply to be a worker there, and you cannot turn them down if you yeah, want government no funding. No yep. way. No well, way. Well, that's the whole point. That's why we don't go after government funding. Right. Because right. whoever controls the pocketbook controls what goes on. Exactly. Exactly. Let me give you, let me give you some scenarios and, and give me 
how you respond to this and how our, our you know our topic responds okay. to this. So we have a guy here in Canada that and I have has, not I've not heard any of these from you. No, yet. no, no. And and I don't mean to. I'm not going to throw you any real big curveballs, but no, go ahead. The, I don't. So mind. we had a guy here in Canada just a few weeks ago. Went to Toronto, and he is on the street with 15 of his church people, and they are street preaching. And he was not. I don't think he was arrested, but he was detained. He was taken from the site. He was taken by the police. The 15 people were detained because they were preaching on the street. And anytime that there's trouble is usually because there is some type of um, amplification of the voice. There's a microphone. There's a megaphone. And they say that you can, you can preach, but you can't use that megaphone. Then I see these Palestinian supporters marching mm-hmm. down the street. They've all got megaphones. They're all using amplification. Not a single thing being done. Not a single thing being done to those people. The police are marching beside them to protect them and to keep them corralled. I mean, they're pushing police officers over. They're, they're you know, destroying property. I saw the other day they're tearing the American flags down. I'm like, and you can't preach. You can't preach on the gospel. And and for these guys that say, well, when they tell us we can't preach, then that's when we rise up. Well, guess what? They're telling us that. They're telling us right. that. You can't preach with a megaphone. Are you kidding me? What do you say? I don't preach with the megaphone. I wouldn't do it because yep. it's in the ordinance. Whether or not other people break the laws. Now, um, you may want to bring a civil suit against the Palestinian for the same thing and bring a suit against the uh, uh, the uh, city or state that allowed them to do it. You know, if you've got the finances, if you've got the backing, you know, because that certainly is something that is unjust. Mm-hmm. And I think you can prove that it is. Um, when I took teenagers out door to door, we a policeman stopped us from doing it. In Parma, Lakewood, Brook Park, North Olmsted, and Brooklyn. Wow. Uh, over the years. And what I did, I gather, I said, sir, I absolutely disagree, but I went and got our teenagers, and then we, you know, stopped doing it and went and did whatever, you know, filled in the time. And then we announced it on sun- Wednesday night, because it was Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday night, we announced it in church, and people just rang the rang the phones off the hook mm-hmm. and if they were if they were uh, citizens of that city right. they called their mayor's office they called the police department they called their uh, city council members I mean they just uh, you know and we got apologies from every single one of those the time right. to rebel was not then we're, right. we're still not resisting the power mm-hmm. um, you know so so we're, we're trying to work as best as we can, we're trying to work within the power right. that we have and the structure that we have. Um, if somebody, if I was witnessing to somebody and they're getting ready to get saved and I do not have amplification system, me as an individual, mm-hmm. uh, and policeman says stop, I'm not stopping. Right, right. Because I, I, I have been entrusted by god with the gospel and Mm -hmm. and so so i have an obligation to give the gospel 
Right. I agree with you 100% on all that you've said. I agree. I would do the same thing. I'd, I'd go back next week without amplification. Yes. I'd preach the gospel. And then and, if you got in trouble, yes. then you start operating within the system with lawsuits and things like that because right. it's unjust. Right. They are, I would, they are breaking the law. They have become against the power that exists. Right. And the other thing I would do is I would be pointing out every single other person who's doing that who is not yep. being challenged. Yep. And I would be I would be screaming about that. And then I would also be trying to get that changed in the ordinances or the bylaws or the laws of the country. That if if one's going to do it, all are going to do it, or That's nobody's right. going to do it, right? Yes. And and we have to That's remember what as becomes Christians, un, an unjust law or ordinance. Yep. Right. And that's what we have to understand as Christians, that sometimes we, we have got to go those courses and it takes time, but we do have that course. Yep. Wow. All right. I'm also, I'm also thinking about somebody in history that all Baptists greatly revere yep. named John Bunyan. Yeah, I thought of him. And John Bunyan spent 13 years in jail because not because he was not allowed to preach he was not allowed to preach without a license right the government gave him the license and he said no the government doesn't give me a license to preach only god does right now right right there is a great example of no the power that be who if you're going to apply for a license to preach then that means whoever gives you that permission to preach uh, has the authority of over how and when and where you preach. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you two things, and that'll be, I'll close it up. Okay. Okay. So, number one, Chick-fil-A is being challenged in New York that they have to open on Sunday. I don't know how they do that, but um, they're they're saying that if they're going to be in New York, they have to open on Sunday. So my question is, if they can, if they can challenge Chick Fil A with that, and they'll fight it, and I'm sure they'll probably win. But what happens when churches say you're not going to meet on Sunday anymore? You can't meet on Sundays. You can't meet on Wednesday nights. What? What well, happens? They did then? that with COVID. They did. You know, to so, my point. Yeah. So once once you once you knuckle under once, you're going to keep knuckling under most likely. Right. Right. Um, and that was that was a huge fight and contention here in Canada that, you know, so we can't meet to, in our building. Yes. So to those who say, well, we only rebel about the gospel. So what if they tell you that uh, you can preach the gospel, but you have to have a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a unisex, a transgender, homosexual right. has to be on your staff. Right. You're going to do that? That doesn't have anything to do with the gospel. That's right. That's right. No, because we have we have the scripture that gives us the qualification for a pastor or a deacon. It, it goes back to the higher power. Always it goes mm-hmm. back to the higher power. Right. You kind of answered my second question right there. At what point do we say, you know, what what is that line? And I want to challenge every preacher today, every, anybody that's pastoring. You better, you better know that line. You better determine that line now because I believe that our governments and, and with the influence of satanical power moving towards a one-world government with an antichrist coming does not want the church in the way. 
I believe we are going to come to those times, if not in our time, Brother Wolven, and in those preachers behind us, there's going to come a time where they're going to have to figure out that line and say, I'm not crossing that, and be prepared to go to jail like John Bunyan, or maybe worse. I don't know. I think I think those days are coming. Yeah, I want to say I am not, this is not a condemnation of what anybody has done no. uh, in the past. No. You know, I live in a state where our governor, he's a Democrat in, in Republican clothing. Because our Constitution would not permit him to close churches, he didn't close churches. Now, I was grateful for that. But, you know, every single day he said, we're super spreaders, we're killing people. You mm-hmm. know, how can we actually love people? We're having services. And no, not, you know, so, um, uh, so I was not in New Jersey and trying to operate as some churches were, uh, you know, six feet apart and masking and, you know, I mean, all of these things. I, I was not in California where they said, all right, we're going to fine you $20,000 a service. So mm-hmm. I, this is not a condemnation on what anybody did right. during COVID. We're, what I'm trying to, to, what we both are trying to do is to lay that groundwork that whatever you decide it is scriptural mm-hmm. that we obey God in everything first. He is the highest power. So the Bible supersedes what anybody else says, what you say, what I say, what a church uh, doctrine statement would say, what a government is going to say, what parents would tell their children. The Bible supersedes everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I've heard people say things like, "Oh man, the churches in China—they're awesome. Churches in China—they're—they're they're really growing. They're doing great things." But yet, the Chinese government says they're illegal. They're not legal. They're, those are not legal meetings. There's a conflict there. Yeah, if I was there, um, you know, you take what you what you can take, right. and then you do what you have to do. You know, there are many churches, I'm sure, that are still meeting that they're trying to find. And, right. and you know, uh, you know, they're still underground. So, um, you know, same with Russia, many other places, uh, you know, all around the world in yeah. Muslim places. Okay, a Muslim government says, no, no Christian doctrine allowed. So we don't take the gospel to the Muslim people in that nation? Right. Right. No, we, we, we have to do, you know, what the Lord tells us to do. And we have to live right. the way the Lord tells us to live. Right. The point that I'm trying to make is that I don't think most of us think this way. I don't, I don't think we're ever thinking this is going to happen in Canada or America. But I got to tell you what, what I've seen in the last four or five years, I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. I never <laughs> dreamed our countries would be allowing and promoting and standing behind some of the debauchery and sin that we are. And I just don't want preachers to be blinded and and think, oh, it's just all going to be okay. You know, the, the government's our friend. Well, they should be, and that was the design, but that's not always the way. So you better be prepared. You better be ready. Well, I'll blow up the internet with this statement. Yeah. Our problem in the 40s, 50s, 60s, even into the 70s, we integrated patriotism yes. with Bible. 
Yes, and you're right. and they became almost inseparable. I am not against I love America rallies or things like that, but but it got to be the point of um, we are fighting communism and communism hates the Bible. Therefore, everything our nation does is right, and mm-hmm. it has not been, and it will never be. And so, uh, you know, those lines were blurred for mm-hmm. many people who were growing up in those eras, and they saw that. And so when this generation comes around with a great distrust of government, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, then there's even a distrust of patriotism and on and on. And, you know, uh, different Baptists over the years, some never would join armies. Some yeah. never join government. Some never mm-hmm. join a police force. You know, it all. We all just have to make those decisions for ourselves. But that principle with government: let every soul be subject to the higher powers. It is yeah. not thumbing our nose and saying, "Oh yeah, I dare you, pal." It is, "I'm sorry, I must obey God first. Yeah, I'm reading um, uh, a book about Ronald Reagan. I love Ronald Reagan one of your greatest presidents of all time. And I don't agree with everything Ronald Reagan did or was. He was sure. a man, right? But Ronald Reagan said this, I believe God had me become president of the United States so I could defeat communism so that mm-hmm. Russia could receive the word of God and be and have revival. Amen. That's That, to me, Amen. is exactly what politics can be about. That, that greater things would happen because of influence. Yes. And great things were done. I mean, the Berlin Wall came down. Communism was defeated there. Russia definitely went through some huge changes, and the gospel was allowed more openly. So, yeah, those kind of things. He submitted to a higher power. God called him to be president, not to not to have the greatest power and influence in the world to dictate over the world, but to help bring revival to a country that would maybe never have it. That's yes. the point. That's the point. Wow. Yeah, so we never even got to the people in government. Yeah. They are God's ministers. Yeah. And you say Cyrus, the king, he was a minister of God to send the people of Israel back and to give a countdown to the 490 years, that 70 weeks. I mean, God is an amazing God, and he always works through structure. But uh, the structure is given in the word of God for us individually. And I would much rather have nothing in this world and lay up treasure in heaven uh, because I want to try, and I'm I'm sure not perfect, but I want to try to obey the Word of God. Yeah, Amen. Well, we'll leave it there a little bit longer, but man, some stuff that needs to be said. Yes. And uh, thank you for your involvement in your government process there. And I would like to be more involved here. I've got to find a way to do that. I would love to be a lobbyist, but oh, it's so far away for me. I, I, maybe I could start yes. here locally, right? So, um, yeah. Preachers, man, we love you. We appreciate you. And we know your job is not easy. Having Amen. been involved in ministry, both of us, for right around 40 years, we understand some of the tough decisions you're having to make and That's the right. battles that you fought within your own church during those very difficult times and to hold it together. I commend you. God bless you. But we want to help you as well and give some insight and maybe some encouragement. Just stay faithful to the things of God. I'm Al Stone. I'm in Canada, and I'm praying for the country of Canada, the government of Canada. I'm praying for our churches here that are struggling, struggling under the weight of some of the things our government's putting out. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. This day in Wolven in Columbus, Ohio, and, uh, you know, we are always available just to talk talk you through something. 
um, you know, my my intent is never you got to see my point of view. Um, man, I love helping pastors and just talking through some things just really helps, you know, yeah. and, and sort of, you know, you wind up doing as you think the word of God is uh, directing you and the spirit of God is moving you in, in alignment with scripture. So we are always available. You, you're facing something. You just want to talk through it. Man, we're here. We're glad, yeah. glad to be reached. My cell phone is 614-746-1525. Call anytime. If I'm asleep, I'll talk to you in the morning. There you go. I would like to offer the same, but I don't have as much frequent time as Brother Wolven because I'm usually trying to talk him off the ledge. And um, <laughs> it takes a lot of time, many days. It's, well, yeah. hey, listen. That one-foot ledge is pretty scary. You're not kidding. <laughs> That's a big drop. It's a big drop. <laughs> this is Tim Talks. Have a great weekend day. We'll be back with you on Monday again. God bless you. Thank you. And let's stay at it. Let's pray for our governments. Let's ask God to have his will and way. Let's vote and let's be faithful. God bless you. This is Tim Talks. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.